0: Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. This is a very special day. Uh, this is a very important day. In fact, would say it's almost up there as one of the most important days. Just a little bit below Mother's Day, of course, but you know it's 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 up there. It's up there. We we want to take today to celebrate, and uh, we're celebrating all dads today. By the way, dads that are here with us today, dads that maybe have passed away. Today I know can be a, a tough day for certain families remembering, but we want to say we are celebrating all dads right now. Um, it is a biblical idea that we would honor. In fact, commandment that we would honour our mother and our father, honour our parents, including our dads. And uh, so today, to all our dads, we thank you. We uh, are grateful for you and we honour you for all that you do. You deserve this day. You deserve this day. Can we put our hands together for our dads one more time? We're grateful for all the fun, for all the games played for all the wrestling matches and all those types of things for uh all the the lessons that have been taught for the life advice that have been given and for the fact that maybe when you didn't know the answer to a hard question you were smart enough to say i don't know go ask your mother (laughs) let me read this to you this is uh this is some very interesting information a survey done by lifeway christian research found that if a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian is a 3.5% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. However, when the father is the first, there is a 93% probability that everyone else in the household will follow soon. Here's the point. Dad's impact, a father's impact on a child's faith and a family's spiritual practice and following is huge. It is massive. It is incredible. We have the amazing opportunity to influence our families and to lead our children, to lead our households in the ways of following Jesus. What an incredible opportunity we have. Jesus, even the Saviour of the world, the hope for all of creation, the one who reigns and is the reason that we're here today. He even had a heavenly Father and an earthly Father. He had a heavenly father, and he had an earthly father. The savior of the world had an earthly father. It's a crazy point. Um, God chose Joseph, that was his dad's name, if you don't know, to be his that earthly father. Joseph was a great man. He was a righteous man. He was kind, and he was sensitive, and he had integrity in all that he did. And they think about it, this is an interesting point. I mean, you don't read much about it in the Scriptures, but Jesus, Joseph would have had a very big part to play in the first and early years of Jesus' upbringing. would have taught him many things, would have shown him many things. He would have taught him things from Jewish tradition to spiritual observations, to even the fact that Jesus actually learned how to be a carpenter based off what Joseph was doing. He would have taught him the tools and the skills of the, tra- the trade. So many things passed down obviously from his earthly, earthly father. It's incredible. Joseph trusted God in, in many moments, but God trusted Joseph and trusted him enough to be able to give him his one and only son so that he could be a power of teaching and leading and showing the way. And uh, I think that's an interesting point, but I also think that it relates to every father in the room. In fact, every parent in the room, that we have been entrusted God's children to lead and to look after They are, of course, His kids. He is their heavenly Father, but we get the opportunity to be their earthly fathers. And uh, I think today this conversation is so important because right now we need to learn how to be, in 2022, great and godly, effective fathers. And mothers, but today fathers is what we're talking about. And so we thought we'd take an opportunity to just uh, to dive into that, to ask a couple of who we think are great and godly dads what it looks like to be a father, what they do, and some very specific questions. So we've got three dads that are going to join us today. Uh, we've got three dads from really three different generations of fathering. We have one who is a father of young children, one who is a father of teenagers, and one who is a father, of course, of adults and also has grandchildren. So it's gonna be good. Anyone excited about this? Can you please help me by putting hands together as I welcome up to the stage Tim Williams, uh, Grant Ward, and Mark Greening as well? Come on up. Amazing. Here they come. Let's see if we can organize ourselves on stage. I'm not sure. Uh, yep, Tim, you can sit there. Fantastic. Grant, how are you, sir? Doing good? Good. (laughs) Wow, this is all very official, isn't it? (laughs) My gosh. Uh, Right, lads, how's it going? Everyone's mic's working. Check, check. Very good. Yep. Hello. Hello. Uh, All right. Mark Greening, by the way, is my father-in-law. Best one I've had. Um, So (laughs) only one, only one, only one. Well, uh, lads, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for saying yes to be, being a part of this on Father's Day. Uh, it's, it's awesome to have you here. And like I said before, um, we, we really did pick these three thinking that they they have, we know they're going to have something to share with us, but also they're um, a great example of what it means to be a father in 2022. And so uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to have you here. Thanks for being here. Good so to be here. <coughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so you guys have kids, eh? Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> How many children do you have? Why don't we share, let's start with that. Mark, do you want to start us off? Liz? How,
1: many How many do I have Liz? <laughs> three kids and um, four grandkids.
0: Flex, oh yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> now it's you, yeah?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I have three kids. Um, two of them have just escaped the teenage years, just to correct them. Yeah, but, nice. yeah. Still, nice. Still raw. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still raw from the experiences you've had. We'll, we'll pray for you, Grant. It's good.
3: Um, looks like three is the magic number. We've gone for three as well. Um, fantastic. And oh, three under seven.
0: Wow. Hoping for more.
3: No. Oh.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I've got three children as well. Man, it's a number of completion. All right. Uh, Let's start with. Um, let's, we've got some good questions here, I think, and, and like I said before, we've got questions that are specific to the to the season, you know. And, and I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. But why don't we start? Um, and Mark, we'll start with you again. Why don't we share um, share with us a funny dad moment? Okay, could be just a funny story, a memorable moment, or maybe even a dad fail would be good. Yeah, Mark, you wanna start?
1: Um, so Do we have the photos? They're ready. When um, we were in Wanaka recently, the, um, the girls decided it would be kind of funny for me and Harrison to swap clothes, and so we did. And we've got the photos to show. This is this is me that's, that's and you my and
0: Harrison.
1: Yeah, me and yeah. Harrison. Me and my old dad clothes, my old dad slippers, and yeah. so then we went away and swapped it. <laughs> hold on. <laughs>
3: yeah. So, hold on. Can
0: we just talk about this because? I mean, Harrison looks fantastic, kind of. But Mark, you just look like a senior pastor.
1: I love it. I love it. And so then we thought, well, if you're going to embarrass me, let's do it a bit more embarrassing. So oh, I no. said, let's get Liz and Alicia to swap clothes. So that's before, and this is after. Happy Mother's Day. I mean, Happy Father's Day.
0: Oh, fantastic. That's great. Any, others, any thoughts to share on that? No? Just show the photos. <laughs> All right. Picture pays a thousand words. That's it. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Wall?
2: Uh, so I've got lots of moments that I checked with the kids and I wasn't allowed to share, obviously. Oh. <laughs> They're more sort of wedding sort of moments that I'll bring up. Um, The first moment, it's not a funny moment, but the first one was, you know when they hand you your child as you leave the hospital? Yeah. And one of those little carry things, which I haven't held for a long time. Um, I remember walking to the card lease and thinking, can you believe that they let me walk out the door with her? (laughs) It's sort of one of those moments where you're like, uh, you know, the most valuable thing I've ever held, and they didn't even... Like it was like, don't let the door hit you on the way out sort of thing. So yeah. So it was a moment I'll always remember. But there's one thing that um, I have to bring up and that is when Jesse was about two. Let's go. I was teaching him how to kick a ball, whether rugby ball or soccer ball. And I obviously talked him up a little bit much because he went straight inside and kicked the table. Of the um, uh, the leg of the table, co- uh, coffee table. So uh, we had this real big Remu coffee table, and he and he cracked his foot against it, thinking it was going to go to the other side of the room or something. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Funny,
2: he- funny, but oh, are you right? But funny.
0: And yeah. s- <laughs> so you. So you feel like you taught him how to do that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. That's great,
3: Tim. Yeah, look, I, th- I think the, uh, the the first one is always the one that we're practising on and we find our ways as parents. Um, so my story comes from Arlo. Um, when he was about 18 months old, um, he had made his way into our room um, for, a, for an early morning feed or something like that and the sleep-deprived parents that we were, I decided to give Shelley a bit of a, a bit of lie in, so I grabbed, grabbed Arlo and at the time we were staying at um, Shelley's parents' place in Australia in the in the midsummer heat, so the ceiling fan was going and as I use Arlo as a lever to get myself out of bed, straight up into the ceiling fan. Two clicks to the head and... Um, oh, hold on. Just like a... Yeah, dug, dug, two bruises to the head and, uh, hey, and a few tears later. He's still good, though. He's all good. Oh, he's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still concussed? It's still, well, well, that's another story. Let's not talk okay. about that. Oh, <laughs> Don't recommend it. Don't put your kid's head in the ceiling fan.
0: What were you in, like a, a small little, like, loft or something?
3: A box. <laughs> nah, yeah.
0: Fantastic. All right, good stuff. Great stories, guys. Thank you. Tim, let's start with you. Um, the first, first question for you, and I think this is, a, this is a good question, and for anyone who has children that are, you know, under the age of five or, you know, dealing with a, a newborn or toddler age, um, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's an interesting journey to try and figure out as a dad... Uh, what your part is in that point of the, that stage of the journey, you know where really you can play a part to connect and and you know really show love and all this kind of stuff. You know when you're at work and not you know necessarily at home all the time. I mean, obviously generally speaking. But um, the question that I wanted to ask was, what keys have you discovered for showing love to your kids at such a young stage and age? What are the, some of the some of the things that you do?
3: Mm, yeah, really really great question. Um, I think one of the greatest foundational moments for us as parents was we did a um, a parenting course that um, we ran here at church, which was called um, Loving Your Kids on Purpose. And um, it was a, a really great course for us to be able to, as parents, be resourced with some practical tips to be able to raise our children. And, and one of the things that came out of that was... Um, Obviously, uh, growing up in church, I understood love languages, but then applying that to our kids in our parenting process for the purpose of connection and maintaining connection. Connection is the probably the biggest thing that we can have as parents to be able to guide our kids and raise our kids through, through life. If we have connection, they'll come to us freely and openly, and if we can have connection with them, then we can obviously impart. Um, but as, as soon as we lose that connection, that's where it all kind of falls off the rails, so Maintaining connection, and if we can maintain that connection through understanding their love language um, and being able to fill their love tank um, is a, a real powerful thing. So one way that you can do that is just start by listening and understanding the questions that they're asking. Um, for for my kids, it was, um, you know, Daddy, for Arlo, it's, Dad, um, can you play with me? And in those moments, it's not necessarily about the game itself, mm-hmm. Is that he's wanting time, he wants... You know, just being quality time. For Finley, it's like, Dad, did you buy me anything today? Um, so she's a, she's a gift giver. Um, yeah, yeah, good. But when you understand the other, your child's love language, that's when you can fill up their tank and yeah. fill them with love. And um, also understanding that the way that they receive love is not always the way that we give love. Um, so we might naturally default in the way that we give love, but we're not filling up their love tank. So yeah. it's real important to understand their love languages. Yeah, great. Awesome. So to
0: learn learn who they are, what it is that makes them tick and just lean on those things. It's great. Awesome. Uh, Grant, first question for you. Um, so talk us through it then. How have you dealt with these teenage years? You, you know, okay, so you're still in there. You've got a teenager. The two of them have just graduated out of that stage. But um, what, what are some of the things? I mean, people, people seem to talk about teenage years like it's the scariest time of your life. Now, I'm not saying that that's your experience or that's anyone else. I'm not projecting that. But what what are, what are some of the things that you, you guys did to lead them through the tricky stages of teenagehood? Yeah, I think um,
2: I like what Tim was saying about the whole love language things. I think that never goes away. I think their love language seemed to change over the years. Right. Um, but I think for me, you know, you often hear of that, um, that, Um, saying or whatever that the most dominant voice in your teenager's lives are their peers. And that was a a real challenge for me early on. I think I didn't agree with that. I didn't receive that as such. I I thought, no, actually, that that doesn't help because I don't think those voices are going to be of much value. So we were always quite purposed about... um, ..yeah, about making sure that the culture in our family was was one where they came to us and that might have, uh, yeah, came in quite a few different forms but it was just making sure that, one, I apologised very quickly when I got it wrong um, and that became part of what we do as a family as well, you know, quick to, quick to recognise when there's conflict and the whole, uh, yeah, the thing with conflict and uh, making sure that They know how to keep a healthy relationship between each other. I think because, and if you know our family, you'll know that they are close. All three of them are close, and I've often prayed along those lines. Like you know, when things weren't going well, when I saw something, I thought, "Oh, actually, there's a clash there," or whether it's between me and the Mm. boys or whatever it is, I would I would pray into that. And uh, you know, it wasn't well. It was often, but it you know, it's been. It's been quite a few years, so it sort of spreads out. But, um, you know, praying into that, that God's favour would be upon the friendships within my family. And I can see now there is favour upon the friendships, you know. So I've, got, I've gone there over and over again mm. and believe, no, actually. So when something happens or when someone's, you know, wants to know what's going on, they go to each other. Yeah, awesome. And they hear each other and they hear us. And I think that's just... It's a big picture, but it started when, you know, they were little. But no, yeah. yeah, I think that's what we've seen.
0: Yeah, yeah great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. I guess this is this not planned, but a bit of a follow-up question, and maybe just a quick answer. What, um, what did you guys do to keep them so like, engaged and loving being in church? You're, you know, all your three have just been you know, as long as you've been a part of Ennisbrook have been. Plugged in and connected and love being here. It's what well, it seems to be. I know this, it's fake, but yeah, I don't think we're, it is. So we, what, what did you guys do?
2: Yeah, we've been here for five years, but obviously we were, have always been in church. It's been a big part of our life, and we've always served in the house, and they've always served. So they've. I think that's a big part of it, even when we didn't want to. Mm. Um, there was something, it's like, no, actually, that's a weight that you've got to carry, and and they do it now. Um but it's not always easy. I think it's, yeah, mm. yeah. I think just, you know, whenever possible. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so the yeah. Serving, serving. Yeah, is serving
2: was a big part of that. Keeps
0: it's people, like, keeps them connected quite yeah, to a deeper absolutely. level. Way. It's great. Yeah. Okay, Mark, um, the man with the adult children. Um, how, do you, how do you balance being a friend and a dad when you, with these adults that you're now dealing with? They're all married. Some of them have kids. Um, you know, how, how, do you, how have you found the best way to balance that, being the friend and the dad? Uh,
1: money. <laughs> Amen.
0: It's wow. kept me connected, eh? Hey? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, well, actually... Um, some of it is like learning to bite your tongue, um, which is kind of a hard thing to do because, you know, you've grown up with these kids and the age gap between you and the kids has always stayed the same, and, you know, back in the very beginning, you knew everything and they knew nothing, and you tend to sort of think it's still like that, um, but it's not, and so, you know, there's, they're sort of growing up and they're developing as adults, and so it's learning to, um, you don't always have the answers. And sometimes they have better answers than you. So it's learning to, like, listen, um, bite your tongue, and even remember things. Like I hated when my dad, you know, gave me unsolicited advice when I was, like, 40 or 50 or whatever, or 60, 62, you know. <laughs> so you just hate it. So if I hated it, chances are they probably don't like it either. So, um, so that's, that's, that's one thing, learning to bite your tongue. Um, another thing was like family holidays. We, um, we did a lot of little big holidays and small holidays as a family growing up. And we've kind of continued that now. And it's just fun. It's fun doing stuff with the kids as they get older, going to different places. And we, we, Liz and I are starting to discover now that we can take more and more of a back seat, And the kids start organizing things. And they start planning what we're going to do and where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And it, it gets quite easy, really. So you know, that's, that's sort of fun. Um, I think the other things are things like finding things you can do together. Like, for me, with the guys, it's, it's golf is a good thing. Like, Harrison, you know, Harrison up there plays golf. You know, Jared and Chris all play golf there. So it's just great fun getting out where you're all on a sort of an, an even playing field. Like, these are the fact guys are better at golf than me, which is quite humbling. But <laughs> it's, that's good. And, again, when we go on holidays, we're always trying to find new golf courses to play. Um, like, with the girls, it's, it's sort of different. It's more like just hanging out over coffee and chatting and stuff. And it, and it means also for guys, when the girls rock up to the house, you've got to, like, down tools and go and spend some time with the girls, which can be a hard thing for, like, project-orientated guys to do. But when you do it, it's, it's so worth it, man. It is, it is really so worth it. So um, there's other things too, like, you know, I've, I've forced myself to buy an adult scooter so that I can keep up with Knox on his scooter. It's quite a sacrifice, but I've just made myself do that. You know? Straight to the skate park after this,
0: eh? Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's awesome. There's some great, great tips in there, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, being able to apply, I mean, at least one of those things. The whole, but obviously there's times where you do give advice, right? Not the, the biting the tongue kind of thing. There are moments where you will speak into the, the kids' lives, eh? The yeah. right, the right moments.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's like it's a real learning thing. Like, like I say, like nobody likes getting unsolicited advice, and I don't like it. But I'm really good at giving it because my old man's like that, and it tends to flow on down. And so it's like I've heard um, there's a, a TED talk once that I had listened to on on by a journalist who's a radio interviewer on how to listen to people, and it's like and and Jordan Peterson says the same thing, like listening without. Spending, you know, three quarters of your brain is actually thinking about your reply, so you're not really listening. So, okay. And it's something God showed me in the Bible recently, where Joab was about to attack a city and cause all sorts of carnage, and some wise woman said, Joab, I've got something to tell you. And he said, I am listening. And so he, he didn't say, you silly old woman, I'm not listening to you, I'm going to attack the city and cause carnage. So he actually listened to what she said, and as a result, a big problem was solved. And so that's kind of spoken to me. Mm-hmm. With the kids, like, Look, just shut up and listen for a change, you know? Stop constantly thinking about what your reply is going to be or just ignoring what they're saying, but try to learn to listen. That's mm, great. That's awesome. That's a great takeaway. And um, <laughs> deserve
0: a clap. Spending time with your kids and listening to them as well. That's awesome. Okay. Tim, next question for you. Um, and uh, this is, again, right, so with kids that are, under seven or seven and under, um, I guess thinking about the future, thinking about like the teenage years, the adult years, and who they might end up being—it's it's a very, it's a difficult thing to imagine what that is like and who they will end up acting like or what they'll do. It's kind of an out there thing to think about, isn't it? Like, wonder what they're going to do with their life, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I wondered, like, what are the um, what are the intentional things that you do? I mean. First of all, actually, is it possible to shape the character of a child at such a young age? And if so, how do we do that?
3: Yeah, um, well, I think you, you touched on it um, a little bit. As um, for, for Shelley and I, the, the first thing is intentionality. Um, as, you know, first-time parents when Arlo's first born, um, you know, we were very intentional on developing a strategy on how we are going to raise um, our kids um, because I think the the natural default is just to fall back onto, you know, raising your kids as, as you were brought up. And, you know, there's so many great things that we can take in from the way that we were raised, but just because they applied to us doesn't mean that they're going to apply to our kids. So we were very intentional about what we were going to bring in and how we are going to do things our way. Um, and... I think the thing is, is just being clear on your values. Um, you know, Proverbs 22 says, teach a child in the ways that they should go and they will never depart from it. Um, and it, it's, it's so true. So if, if we can instill strong values into our children, um, when they're older, when they leave home, um, you know, it'll be those guiding values that are so deeply rooted inside them that when they're in a world that um, carries no values, that at least they have something that is there. Their, um you know their navigation point that can bring them back and guide them through those um, those you know challenging times
0: yeah. yeah awesome that's great so so from young age you know you're getting into getting the word of God and around them reading them Bible stories all that kind of stuff that's happening
3: yeah so um yeah we're, we're very much um, talking to the kids um, we uh, Arlo and Finley um, have just gone through seasons where they're just like all in reading the Bible at night time and they just love Bible stories. Um, And then we start unpacking that, unpackaging it a little bit deeper as they get older and things like that. Um, You know, kindness, um, teaching about relationship um, matters, kindness, putting people first. Um, I don't think we've won on that yet. Um, And it's. (laughs) Anyway, we're we're, we're young parents, so I'll come see you guys afterwards about how you deal with that. But um, yeah, um, just trying to give them values that are going to carry them through life um, is something that is going to form their character. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey. We haven't landed on that yet, and um, one day at a time. It's great, man. It's awesome.
0: Love it. Um, Grant, okay, uh, in such a, a digitally distracted world, and, and you may have even already lent into this with your first answer, um, how do you guys find ways to spend time, uh, quality time, let's call it quality time, uh, with the family with the kids, what do you guys do? Yeah, I think like so it's so such a tough like little window of time f- for us, you know. Like I mean, it, for everyone and every season, really, isn't it? There's so much distraction around us. But what do you guys do to just like bring them in and have some fun?
2: Um, well, we, first of all, you've got to start with a good dose of irrationality. Yeah, um, that's what I do. I, I not now, not as much now. It's hard to get, you know, control of devices now. Hey, Thomas. Um, but when they were younger, I would just go, right, that's it, you're not having any devices until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> After this Christmas. <laughs> and, um, and then I'd get a look from Lees, and so I'd bring it back to, okay, for the next 24 hours. <laughs> and so what you do there is all of a sudden you become the hero.
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah. You're the man, yeah. Dad. Thank you, Dad. Oh, Dad. Not yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> we we were pretty strict, actually, uh, early on. Um, phones didn't arrive very quickly, and um, social media was was controlled quite a bit. Um, so, you know, your question is about sort of quality time. We, you know, we have dinner together um,
0: around a table.
2: Or? Or, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Until the TV got turned off no. um, <laughs> And that brings me to the next point where We actually stopped watching TV uh, And that actually really changed the whole house yeah. um, So we still watch movies or whatever But the TV has gone off uh, for a few years So um, things like that Practically they really help um, And obviously they get busy Sport, different things So getting your family on the same spot uh, Is quite difficult and uh but you know, they wanna be around each other, I mm. think, because of other things that we've put in place. And so if you're going somewhere the others no one wants to miss out. Cool.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. And
2: awesome. it might be because there's money being spent. Yeah, great.
0: <laughs> that helps. Yeah, yeah. Bribery. Yeah. They might. Don't want to miss out on the
2: KFC. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um they also say that uh, he who plays Fortnite together sticks together.
0: Are you so, a gamer? I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even know what Fortnite is.
0: actually. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's good. So we're actually getting pretty strict on it, though, pretty early. Is what's what's helped you help you guys. Yeah, right? well, it was.
2: It's tough love. It's hard. You know, it's hard to say just because everyone else is doing it, it's acceptable. In our house, we actually. No, it's not, uh, yeah. because we know it can. Too much of it's detrimental, and they spend so much time everything to do with the schools on tablets and things. So it's like, why? Why do we have to, you know, spend hours on that? It? It's, it's hard, you know. Yeah, but, awesome. yeah, they love us, so they cope.
0: Yeah, obviously, man, it's great, amazing. You've got amazing children. Okay, final question, um, Mark. And so, uh, I guess this this question is um, pretty simple, but. What's what is the advice that you would give as a dad, adult children, you know, grandfather as well? Um, what would you pass down? What's one kind of key thing you'd pass down to the generations before you for guys like us and many others in, in the room?
1: I think it's um it's like probably the foundation you build um way back in the beginning maybe when we f- kids first came along there's one of those Bible verses jumped out of me it was Deuteronomy six six that says Um, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up so it was like you know talk about God like all the time or as much as you can normally Um, and you know don't just leave it to church on Sunday or the Sunday school teacher so we, we kind of tried to do that a bit, um, you know, in, in various different ways. Like when we were out driving, when the kids were little, we'd go, well, who made the sun, or who made the trees? It was God did, or who made that car, or who made the road, or a man did. So it's just kind of like getting them into that idea of how things work. Um, when it was like reading them stories at bedtime, we, we tried to sway it a lot towards Bible stories more than just ordinary kids' stories. Um, which is kind of a hard thing to do because a lot of kids' stories are really good, like, you know, um, the cat in the hat and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it also meant continually hunting for really good kids' Bibles because they need really engaging pictures and not too many words, and they're a little bit hard to find. So that was part of it. Um, we also tried to make praying like a normal thing when they were little, so that when they became teenagers, it, it wasn't really seriously uncool to try and introduce that. So we'd, we'd pray after breakfast every morning and we'd, we'd pray with just little stuff, you know, kid-sized stuff, whatever worked for them, nothing heavy. We didn't go down the heavy line. Uh, whenever we went on a big road trip, we'd just pray for safety and a good holiday, that, that kind of thing. Um, and at one stage, we also made up these little notebooks for each kid so they can write down the answers to prayer that had, because they did have answers to prayer. They prayed, I remember once, Leisha, I think she'd, uh, you're, where is Leisha? There you go. So something in school where she did, did a really bad job or some story or something, came home in tears. So we prayed about it. She prayed that she'd do a much better job the next day and get most of the answers right and only a few wrong. And that's exactly what happened the next day. She was quite blown away by that. So we had these little notebooks and we, and we wrote down, whenever the kids had answers to prayer, the idea being that one of these days when they get a bit older or when you go through those sort of funks where you think oh god doesn't love me and i don't see anything you can pick up the notebook and read all the answers you've had you think oh actually i'm wrong he does care about me here's all the answers because i've forgotten about them and we sort of thought that might help carry them through i don't know whether we actually push that too hard but that was one of the ideas we um that we thought might help them through the difficult teenage years so Great. it's just like trying to look for opportunities to build well i mean we're sitting at the table once and I thought, oh, I need to talk about God's because we were talking about God, and I just like being a dumb male. I just couldn't think of anything, you know, and like, um, duh. And anyway, so I prayed a quick prayer, and Alicia started talking about something they'd done at school, building some little boats and floating them on on the lake, and how how her boat did the very best job. And suddenly, an idea popped into my head, and so we had this really cool talk for just a few minutes about about God stuff, and, was, and I was like. Well, where did that come from? But it's just like looking for the opportunities and just keep praying and asking for them Come on, so that you can build that solid foundation because mm-hmm. they're going to need it once they get to the teenage years. Mm-hmm. So and beyond. Awesome. Great. Great answer. Great advice.
0: Great thoughts. Can we put our hands together for these guys and just thank them? Thank you, boys. Um, we're so we're grateful for your thoughts. A lot of this is very practical, but also it's more... Um, God-centred. If your family's are, it's, it's obvious. It's, it's seen in your children. and in your lifestyle. So we thank you for your example. I thank you for what you are doing as godly fathers. We appreciate you. and appreciate you. So today we thank them one more time. Awesome stuff, us. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at infoannisbrook.co.nz or visit our website.